First Thessalonians chapter three. Notice what it says in verse eleven. Now God Himself and our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ direct our way unto you, and the Lord make you to increase and abound in love one toward another and toward all men, even as we do toward you. And right there is an important verse I want to focus on where it's flat out telling us one of the things we need to be doing as Christians is abounding in love one toward another. We should be increasing in our love for each other. And not only as you grow in Christ, as you become a better Christian, should you be increasing in love towards your brothers in Christ, but we should be increasing in love towards all men. He's really clear about that, all men. Now, are we going to interpret that verse like a Calvinist, or are we going to interpret it like a Biblicist? And when it says all men, we believe all men, we should increase in love towards all men. 1 Peter 2.17 says, Honor all men, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. And I want to start out with those passages too, because again, I believe when it says honor all men there, that we should honor all men. And when... Uh, you get up and in a church like ours that has certain beliefs we do, I, I feel like sometimes, and I don't think this is a good thing, we always have to like clarify certain things. And it's just like, you know, we don't need to be afraid of saying, getting up and telling everyone, increase in love towards all men. We don't need to be afraid to get up and say, you know what, we need to honor all men and encourage everybody to grow in love. And I know what y'all are thinking. Okay, you know, y'all are, y'all are thinking, what about the reprobates, right? That, that's what y'all are thinking. And I've heard people even take these verses and use them to debunk, you know, this, they'll call it like new IFV hate doctrine and stuff. And it's just like, first off, I get so offended when people act like the new IFV made up some of this stuff. Because I was like, let me tell you something. Okay, some of us, we were, we were hating on homos way before there was ever anything called a new IFV. So please don't act like they came up with this stuff, okay? I grew up in independent fundamental Baptist churches, and let me tell you something, there was never any love for the homos uh, in there. I mean, it was a constant homo bash all the time, but it wasn't on YouTube. I mean, and it wasn't just in pulpits, ladies and gentlemen. It was outside of the pulpits, too. And, you know, if, you, if there was a guy that was a little too effeminate, I mean, people would bash him. They'd call him queers. I mean, they just, you know... It was very, very homophobic. And let me tell you, it wasn't like a lot of these, you know, it, people that are real mouthy about it on the Internet. No, this was this was pure. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't people that were saying homophobic slurs to be offensive. They said it and it was from the heart. They meant it. And they weren't saying it to be offensive. They were saying it because that was exactly how they felt. And so I, I came from this teaching when it was in its purest form, not in people that were looking for just looking for attention, which is a lot of them are. And so I get offended when people say that because, no, this did, this did not come from the new eye of the just they're, they're pretty good at, you know, preaching it, but it did not originate with them. And that's offensive. And so, uh, you know, what do people like us do with these verses? Well, it's actually pretty simple. And we're going to get to that here in a little bit, because, you know, there is when. People will often use these two passages too to teach that we should be kind and loving and we should even honor and show dignity to the scum of the earth. You know, they, and when people like us, when we hear somebody get up and say that we ought to love the sodomites, you know, it does something on the inside of every decent human being where we're just like, 
No, we shouldn't. I don't even think you have to know any Bible to know that, no, there's some things we absolutely should not love, we should not be okay with. It's just, it's just instinctive to be against certain things. It would grieve the spirit of any, not even just saved, but any decent individual to have to sit in a congregation with a dude in a dress. Nobody's going to want to have to do that. And so, you know, whenever we try saying there are exceptions to the all mentioned, which is probably not what we should be saying anyway, you know, then people accuse you of, you know, using the Bible like a Calvinist and John 3.16, all doesn't really mean all. But what do we do? We always use John 3.16 to refute the Calvinists. You know, we believe that God, you know, loved the whole world, that God died for everybody. We believe that. So what do we do? with those two verses that we started out with. Also, you know, and what do we do with those verses, especially when we have passages like 2 Peter chapter 2 in verse 9, where it says, The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptation and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. But chiefly them that walk after the flesh in the lust of uncleanness and despise government, presumptuous are they, self-willed, they are not afraid to speak evil of dignities. Whereas angels, which are greater in power and might, bring not railing accusation against them before the Lord, but these as natural brute beasts made to be taken and destroyed, speak evil of the things that they understand not and shall utterly perish in their own corruption and shall receive the reward of unrighteousness as they that count it pleasure to riot in the day, spots they are and blemishes sporting themselves with their own deceivings while they feast with you having eyes full of adultery that cannot cease from sin, beguiling unstable souls and heart they have exercised with covetous practices, cursed children. Sounds like from this passage here, he's calling them some pretty mean names and it sounds like he's rebuking these people for even allowing people like them to be among them. So it's just like, wait a minute, so what's he doing rebuking these people you know, for having you know, anything to do with these spots and these blemishes and these natural brute beasts? I thought we were supposed to honor all men. We're just trying to follow the preaching of Paul. I mean, is this something where we have, maybe the hyper-dispensationalists are right? And, you know, well, this is a preaching of Peter, as for the Jews, but, you know, we're just preaching of Paul, so we don't have to do this. No, obviously, we don't believe that way. Jude says the same thing in uh, verse 7. It says, even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh, are set forth for an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Likewise, also, these filthy dreamers defile the flesh, despise dominion, and speak evil of dignities. Yet Michael the archangel, when contending with the devil, he disputed about the body of Moses, durst not bring against him a railing accusation, but said, The Lord rebuke thee. But these speak evil of those things which they know not, but what they know naturally as brute beasts, in those things they corrupt themselves. Woe unto them! For they have gone in the way of Cain and ran greedily after the heir of Balaam for reward and perished in the gainsaying of Cori. These are spots in your feasts of charity when they feast with you, feeding themselves without fear, clouds they are without water, carried about of winds, trees whose fruit withereth without fruit, twice dead, plucked up by the roots. Seems like Peter and Jude, that, that there were some people they were not too fond of and they are getting on the church for having anything to do with these people. You know, God doesn't seem like he's too fond of sodomites in the Bible. When you read the story of Sodom and Gomorrah, how many, how many people got saved in Sodom and Gomorrah? Zero. Not one person got saved in that city. 
And God ended up wiping it out and destroying it. And so this is another example where people will often take two passages and they will kind of pit them against each other. And when people are doing that, they are either just ignorant about the scriptures, that's being nice, or they're just trying to be deceptive. They're trying to trip you up and the Bible, because the Bible does not contradict itself. We don't need to act like it does. So what do we do though? And how do we reconcile these things? Because obviously there are some people that we should not have anything to do with. We should not fellowship with in any way. We should not let anywhere near us. Uh, and then two, the Bible does teach us we ought to honor all men and love all men. And we ought to be increasing in love towards all men. So what does it mean when it comes to that thing? So a few things I want to point out, and I, and I really want to point this out because again, I, when I preach, if I'm, if I get up and I'm talking about loving all men, let's take the gospel to every creature. All this, I don't want to always have, I'm, I'm not going to get up here and always, you know, do disclaimers. Now, obviously, you know, except for, you know, I, I'm not going to do that. That's unnecessary. We don't need to do that. And the fact that we think we need to do that and I'm not picking on anybody from it, okay? I, I'm living in the same world that you are. We are getting bombarded with stupidity all the time. And we can kind of get brainwashed with some stuff without even realizing it. And so, but when we actually stop and we think and you put two and two together, it becomes real clear. And so the first thing we need to understand is that, you know, we kind of have been brainwashed when it comes to certain things. And God's words and God's meaning, it doesn't change with the times, okay? What the Bible meant when it was written is what it means today. Now, the way we say things often changes over time, but God's word means the same thing that it meant, said when it was written and something that we have to just get in our heads and we've got to understand. And often in the, in the things that we say, we are technically wrong in how we're saying it. But for example, when we talk about the LGBTQRSTDs, right? When we talk about those people we're kind of crediting them with something that does not belong to them. We are making them out to be like a people group. We're making them out like they are something like the, you know, like the black community or like the Latino community or like they're some kind of nationality. We are, we're giving them that distinction that they don't deserve because um, they're not a race. Okay? They're, they're not a race. And they were not born that way. Okay? Do we all agree with that here? Yeah. That they were not born that way. No one is born a tranny. No one is born. There's no such thing as a transgender. There's no such thing as these things. And what we've got to understand, you know, without going into the specifics of what these people do, because there's children here, we understand what they do is a sin. And it is a sin against mankind, just as murder is a sin against mankind. And so for us to lift up and honor or even be kind to murderers, it's literally to dishonor all mankind, isn't it? You know, how can we, how can we love and honor all men while we're going and honoring and lifting up someone who's killing men? Well, that doesn't make any sense. That's dishonoring. Men, just like if somebody was out there being mean to my wife, somebody was cruel to my wife, and then I'm out and then I'm going and I'm being kind to them. I'm like doing positive posts about them on social media. I'm dishonoring my wife. 
when I do that. This person is somebody who has gone after my wife. They've attacked my wife. They've done all these terrible things against my wife. And then I'm out there lifting them up and honoring them. I'm actually insulting my wife. And so the truth is, there's people who are evil. People who do harm to other people to lift them up is to actually dishonor mankind. We're actually, you're actually violating Paul's call to love all men, to increase in love towards all men. <clears throat> you're, you're actually disobeying what Peter said when he said to honor all men when we're lifting up someone who is actually doing harm to man. It doesn't make any sense to do that kind of thing. It's wrong. And so as a people, if we love all men, if we truly want to honor all men, then we're going to then we must take a stand and do whatever we can as a society to stop evil from taking place. That's how we honor all men. That's how we love all men. We because we love all men, we hate evil. That's that's why we have so much hatred in our heart towards cer- certain things because we have so much love in our hearts for people. Because that's why. And that in Psalms 97:10 it says, ye that love the Lord hate evil. He preserveth the souls of his saints. He delivereth them out of the hand of the wicked. Proverbs 8.13 says, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Pride and arrogancy and the evil way and the froward mouth do I hate. So there are there's some things we've been called to hate. As, as somebody who loves God, we ought to hate the things that God hates. And you know, God hates pride. God hates pride. And you know what? God hates abominations. And I don't think it's a coincidence that the pride community, you, they have pride month. They have a pride flag. They celebrate queer pride, all that kind of stuff. And it's because they hate God without, without a doubt. And so again, we can't, to, to go and to honor a people who are trying to spit in the face of God, who hate God, is literally to not love God. And we, that's the greatest commandment. Right there. It doesn't make any sense. Amos 5.14 says, Seek good and not evil, that ye may live. And so the Lord, the God of hosts, shall be with you as ye have spoken. Hate the evil and love the good and establish judgment in the gate. It may be that the Lord God of hosts will be gracious unto the remnant of Joseph. So we have, we've been brainwashed into seeing people who have embraced evil as a people group, or like it, we're, we're seeing them like an ethnic group, or a race, or someone who was born that way. And folks, that's just not true. They are not an ethnicity. They were not born that way. These are a people who have embraced something that is harmful to themselves and is harmful to others. And so, because of the fact that we want to love and honor all men, we cannot be supportive in any way towards something that is so detrimental to humanity. And there's people that I know that I, that I have loved and cared about greatly who sadly, because they, and in the situations that I know of too, they were surrounded by people, had people in their family that were perverts, that were queers. And sadly, those young people, they ended up turning into one of them themselves and folks, because I had so much love for these people, it makes me hate that evil even more because of how it's destroyed their lives. And then now to see those, you know, these, you know, who, when I knew them, they were good, cute, sweet, 
innocent little kids that I love greatly now to just be involved in just the filth of the world. It sickens me and it, it makes me very sad. And I cannot imagine loving any loving somebody. It's the worst thing in the world to love somebody and then see them go to something like that. It's literally the worst thing that could ever happen to somebody. And and then, but for me to just support them in something that's going to destroy them—that's not even me loving them. When people, if pe- and you know, there comes a point where when people are doing such great evil that you do have to just walk away from them. You, you cannot give them any support. It's kind of like in Second uh, John where it talks about those who bring another gospel. Don't even bid them Godspeed, or you're a partaker in their evil deeds. And when somebody is going down a path too that's going to dis- even destroy themselves, the last thing I'm going to do is bid them Godspeed in that. I am not going to support them in their self-destruction. I- I'm not going to do it. You know why? Because I love them. That- that's why I will never support them in anything like that. So being kind to evil is in reality to dishonor all men. And Micah 3.1 says, And I said, Here I pray you, O heads of Jacob, and ye princes of the house of Israel, is it not for you to know judgment who hate the good and love the evil who pluck off their skin from off them and their flesh from their bones who also eat the flesh of my people and flay their skin from off them and they break their bones to chop them in pieces as for the pot and as flesh within the cauldron then shall they cry unto the Lord but he will not hear them he will even hide his face from them at that time as they have behaved themselves ill in their doings. Thus saith the Lord concerning the prophets that make my people err, that bite with their teeth and cry peace, and he that putteth not into their mouths, they even prepare war against them. So notice what he's doing here. He's calling out a people who hate good and they don't hate the evil. These are people that actually love the evil. And he's saying these prophets, they're making my people err. These people that are out there that are loving evil, that are being supportive, these churches that are out there, we've got to figure out what we can do to reach the sodomites. You know what they're doing? They're causing their people to err. They're messing these people up. And the problem is they don't love. They, they don't love the good. They actually hate the evil. And you know what? You can't love good without hating evil. Can't do it. And here's something about evil. The word evil. It means having bad qualities of a natural kind, mischievous, or having qualities which tend to injury or to produce mischief. And that's an important thing to understand about evil, which was what we're talking about, is because there are things that are sinful or that are against God's law that don't necessarily cause harm to others. Okay? You know, there are, again, you know, the thought of foolishness is sin. You know, you shouldn't be sitting around thinking bad thoughts about me, but the truth is, if it's not really affecting me, if it's not really hurting anybody, you know, it's still a sin. It's between you and God. You need to deal with it, but you know, it's not evil. Nobody's getting hurt from it. Not trying to downplay sin, but understand there are some sins that the government should not get involved in because no one's being harmed. The government is there for the punishment of evildoers, those who are causing harm to other people. And so people will often try to act like, you know, committing adultery with the woman in their heart is the same as committing adultery in the flesh. And the truth is they're both sins, but one is evil and actually does harm where the other one is just, is just a sin. And I don't believe the government should go around putting people to death 
for committing adultery in their heart. Because again, they're there to prevent evil, or to pun- not to prevent evildoers, to punish evildoers. Don't, I don't want to mess that up. They are there not to prevent the evil, to punish the evil, which in turn will prevent a lot of evil. And that, that's how it's done. And so, that's another lesson for another day. So there are, there are things that are sinful against God's law that don't necessarily cause harm to others. And what we're being asked to accept today, it's not a people group. We are being told to accept an evil in its purest form. In one of its most disgusting forms. And certain evils, they just they don't happen on their own. They're caused by people. In Romans 5.12 it says, Wherefore, as by one man, sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned at the multitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come. So we all hate death, right? But you all understand that death came as a result of sin. But you know, sin is not something that just sprung up out of thin air. Man committed sin. Man brought sin into the world. And by that sin, man actually brought death into the world. And you know, and it's real easy for I me. Mean, who hates evil? Yeah, I mean, yeah, we all hate evil. But we all do we understand, though, that, you know, that evil doesn't just come out of thin air. Evil is something that's done at the hands of man. Oh, I, I don't hate that much. I don't want to hate anybody. You know, I, I don't, and I'm not telling you to go around hating everybody or anything like that. But at, at the same time, too, when somebody, and I don't want to get ahead of myself, when somebody has made their identity about an evil, when somebody wears a t-shirt a lapel pin or something that is lifting up and celebrating an evil why in the world would we embrace that in any way why in the world would we be supportive of that in any way that doesn't make any sense and again because again sometimes evil and which is harm to others it can come in a lot of different ways some people in a moment of rage may do evil and you know they should be punished and did you know if we don't punish those people, we're actually dishonoring the victim? You know, society has no right. Our government has no right when somebody is murdered to just be like, yeah, you know what? We forgive them. You know, it was a sodomite. They probably did it because of all the oppression that they're under. No, that's dishonoring the victim to not do something about it. Genesis 4.10 says, When he had said, What hast thou done? God's talking to Cain. The voice of thy brother's blood crieth unto me from the ground. And now thou art cursed from the earth, which hath opened her mouth, to receive thy brother's blood from thy hand. When thou tillest the ground, it shall not henceforth yield unto thee her strength. A fugitive and a bat- vagabond shalt thou be on the earth. Cain could, if, if God would have just let Cain get away with murdering Abel, there would have been a big problem because that's to dishonor Abel. Abel died. His blood is crying from the ground to God. And, for, and God is not just going to be like, ah, you know what, no big deal. I forgive you. No, that is to dishonor the victim. And we've got to understand there are, there are people out there who are evil, people out there who, are do, who do evil. They have victims. And so how can we honor all men while lifting up and celebrating a people who are doing harm to other people? That doesn't make any sense at all. Some people might do evil on accident. Okay? Sometimes, you know, um, and, but if you do, restitution should be made. If not, we are dishonoring the victim. Hey, if you go out and you're 
driving and maybe you are, you're being reckless and you accidentally kill somebody. I don't think you're this horrible, you know, demented murderer or something like that. But at the same time too, if you were being negligent, if you were at fault, you know, I do think there should be some kind of punishment as a result of that. So I didn't mean to as an accident. You know, we can't just let something like that go. Otherwise, we're dishonoring the victim. I'm not saying that person should go to prison for the rest of their life necessarily. I mean, it depends on a lot of things. But at the same time, you know, we can't just be like, ah, you know, just slap them on the wrist. That's a big deal. Somebody's lost their life as a result of this. And if we respect and if we honor life, we're not going to be okay. And a great evil was done, even if it wasn't intentional. And it's tragic when that kind of thing happens. You know, it's, it's a horrible thing. And so if a person has gone so far as to identify themselves with evil, if they are openly promoting that evil, you know, we have no choice but to strongly stand against them. And to give any respect to these people is not only dishonoring all men, but we're also dishonoring the creator as a result of that. Especially when they're claiming they were born that way. Because God did not create people that way. And, and so what did God do? God actually commanded that the government put evil away from among the people. First Peter 2.13 says, Submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether it be to king and supreme, or unto governors as unto them that are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of them that do well. You know what? we're supposed to do to evildoers we're supposed to punish them does it say we're supposed to honor these people does it say we should give these people a month where we celebrate them we don't do that we've never in our history done that for any other sin we've never done that for any other evil but today we're living in a day where people are out there and they are openly admitting i am this horrible i i am inclined to this horrible filth and abomination and we're like hey Let's go out and try to reach those people. Let's try to bring these people into our church. That, folks, that doesn't make any sense. Hey, our, we've always been taught, the Bible's always taught, to punish evildoers. We should do whatever it takes to put evil away from among us. It's actually the most loving thing that we can do for man. Now, turn over to Deuteronomy 13. I talked a little bit about this on Wednesday when we were talking about putting evil away. And it says in Deuteronomy 13.5, And that prophet, or that dreamer of dreams shall be put to death because he has spoken to you or to turn you away from the Lord your God which brought you out of the land of Egypt and redeemed you out of the house of bondage to thrust thee out of the way which the Lord thy God commanded thee to walk in, so shalt thou put the evil away from the midst of thee. And then it goes on, if thy brother, thy son or thy mother or thy son or thy daughter or the wife of thy bosom or thy friend which is as thine own soul entice thee secretly saying... Let us go and serve other gods, which thou hast not known, thou nor thy fathers, namely of the gods of the people which are round about you nigh unto thee, or far off from thee, from one end of the earth, even to the other end of the earth. Thou shalt not consent unto him, nor hearken unto him, neither shall thine eye pity him, neither shalt thou spare, neither shalt thou conceal him, but thou shalt surely kill him. Thine hand shall be first upon him to put him to death, and afterwards the hand of all thy people." And thou shalt stone him with stones that he died because he has sought to thrust thee away from the Lord thy God which brought thee out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. And all Israel shall hear and fear and shall do no more any such wickedness as this is among you. Now folks, 
go, it's okay for you to admit that this passage right here, it makes your stomach turn a little bit. You know, the thought of doing something like this is not a pleasant thought. And that's fine. But all you have to do is read the Old Testament to find out why this was so important. Because what would you rather have? Somebody being obedient to the Word of God and stoning one person for doing evil, or would you rather have plagues killing thousands like we see? Would you rather have armies destroying thousands? Would you rather have Assyrians coming through and dashing your little ones' heads against a stone? These are the things that came on Israel because they did not obey laws like this. They, they, you know, they were too loving to deal with the one. You know, they were too above that kind of thing. And so as a result of that, what do they have? They eventually had their people sacrificing their children to Molech. They eventually had women eating their own children. They had their own people selling their daughters as harlots and doing just all kinds of horrible abominations. You know why? Because they didn't obey these laws. And what are we seeing today? We've seen in our country where we've gotten so loving, as people call it, We've started honoring all men so much. We've even given sodomites, you know, dignity, respect in our churches that now we're living on a world where drag queen story hours is not only happening in public places, in public libraries and things like that, but we're terrible people if we're against that kind of thing. We've got trannies out there, you know, doing marches and having their parades and, and, and demanding their rights and trying to get bills passed, allowing children to be able to mutilate their bodies and do all kinds of horrible things without even parents' consent. These are the kind of things that are being pushed. And we're, we're considered terrible people today for having a problem with that. And you know what? Maybe if we hadn't been so squeamish about Leviticus 20.13, not that long ago, maybe we would... No, no, there's no maybe. We wouldn't be dealing with this kind of thing. But now we're seeing it today where people who are just preaching what the Bible says about this stuff are being canceled all the time, are being... They're being deplatformed, all these things. And it's absolutely ridiculous. It's wrong. It's not biblical. And God told the people they were supposed to put evil away from among them. Look at verse 8. Let's keep reading in Deuteronomy 17. It says, If there arise a matter too hard for thee in judgment between blood and blood, between plea and plea, between stroke and stroke, being matters of controversy within thy gates, then shalt thou arise and get thee up into the place which the Lord thy God shall choose. And thou shalt come unto the priests, the Levites, and unto the judge that shall be in thine own days and inquire, and they shall show thee the sentence of judgment. And thou shalt do according to the sentence which they of that place which the Lord shall choose shall show thee, and thou shalt observe to do according to all they inform thee, according to the sentence of the law which they shall teach thee, and according to the judgment which they shall tell thee, thou shalt do. Thou shalt not decline from the sentence which they shall show thee, to the right hand or to the left. Don't you go easy on them. Don't, don't even go beyond. But he says, And the man will do presumptuously and will not hearken unto the priest that standeth the minister there before the Lord thy God, and unto the judge, even that man shall die. Why? And thou shalt put evil away, put evil from Israel. Why, why are they doing these things? To protect their people. Because they want to honor the people. They want to love, because they love their nation. And so like we've got to protect our people because we love people, because we love our children. We have to put evil away and we've got and understand no one is born in. We're all born sinful, but we're not all born evil. 
Okay? We're, not, we're not all born that way. But there are often people who eventually get to a point where they are. They decide they are going to give themselves over to evil, to being harmful. You have sodomites out there like, like Jeffrey Dahmer who did some of the most just horrible, abominable things that one can imagine. And, you know, and understand at that point, you cannot have a love for mankind and a love for a guy like that at the same time. And I'm, and, you know, I'm not even going to tell, I, I recently learned, I remember when all that went down, I was just a little kid and obviously they weren't going to get on the news uh, too specific about certain things. And my parents didn't talk to me about some of the stuff, but I recently saw some stuff. I had no idea just how messed up that guy was. I mean, I thought it was, you know, I, I knew he ate people, which is really, really bad. But some of the stuff before that, I mean, good night. Folks, how can we honor all men and let filth like that live? And it's, it's pretty sad. A prisoner had to bring justice to that guy. I don't know if he had gotten the death penalty or not or life in prison. I, I can't remember, but thankfully he's gone. Thankfully, we don't have to worry about him anymore. Deuteronomy 19.16. In fact, you know, you go look up any of the big serial killers, especially the perverted ones. John Wayne Gacy, Ted Bundy. All, you go, all these guys had been busted for things that the Bible called for the death penalty for. Way, early on, way before their most horrific things, way before the big numbers. John Wayne Gacy got busted for being a pervert before he's killing kids and burying them in his, ba- in his crawl space. And if they had just dealt with that guy for being, when, once it was clear he was a sodomite, none of that stuff ever would have happened. You know, and we wouldn't have people as scared of clowns as they are today. Because, you know, that, when I think of clowns, I think of him. And so it, it's, but again, we were too loving. We were too loving, but you know what? Look how much we dishonored those 30-some boys burying that guy's crawl space. So it doesn't make what these what these people are saying doesn't make sense. What these people that are out there, you know, condemning this hate doctrine and stuff, uh, these people they don't even know what love is. It's like you people make no sense. Not only do you not know the Bible, you have no love. You have no if you have no hate, you have no love. Just mark it down. Uh, Deuteronomy 19:16. If a false witness rises up against any man to testify against him that which is wrong. Then both the men between whom the controversy is shall stand before the Lord, before the priests and the judges, which shall be in those days. And the judges shall make diligent inquisition. And behold, if the witness be a false witness and hath testified falsely against his brother, then shall ye do unto him as he had thought to have done unto his brother. So shalt thou put evil away from among you. False witnesses. That's a horrible thing. We need to be able to have a process of justice and let me tell you, people who will lie in court, people who will lie under oath, people who will lie to get someone in trouble, these people are not fit to live amongst decent human beings. They should be dealt with. And anybody that would do something so dishonest is to lie about somebody in court, whether it be about murder, whether it be about something like stealing, these people should be severely dealt with. And I think that is a fantastic law. Whatever that person would have gotten, that's what they should get. If they accuse somebody of stealing, and again, we're not talking about somebody who, uh, you know, maybe just misunderstood a situation. No, if it, if it's clear they were lying 
You know, for example, too, we're living in a day where we've got the twisted, weird Me Too movement that's out there. Where, you know, and it's just like today, anybody, any man gets accused of anything, he's automatically guilty. And that's not right. But let me tell you what else isn't right. What else isn't right is men doing things to women, men doing things to children, and then nobody listening to these people either when something does happen to them. But, you know, maybe, maybe you know, if we put down perverts like we should, and, you know, if the penalty for falsely accusing somebody of being a pervert was death, I don't think too many women are going to be falsely accusing guys. Because okay, obviously, I don't think we ought to put a guy to death, you know, for absolutely no proof. Okay, but but again, the the fact that somebody would, you know, nobody's going to risk their life to try to do something like that. If a woman goes and accuses a guy of something like that, and if she was lying, she gets the death penalty. It's just probably not going to happen too often. So right there, if we just followed that biblical law right there, we wouldn't need a Me Too movement. But again. You get away from God's laws and we create new problems. And that's what we have today. We've got so many people being molested, being abused. We've got all these things going on. And it all comes down to we threw out God's laws because we didn't have the stomach for it. But you know what? I hope we've got the stomach for what we're seeing going on today. Because all this filth and abomination we're experiencing, it's all a result of getting away from God's laws. Let's keep reading Deuteronomy 19 verse 20. And those which remain shall hear and fear. And shall henceforth commit no more any such evil among you. If people are seeing false witnesses, you know, if, if you're testifying against somebody, something that would get them stoned, and then you're found to be a false witness. You're against, last thing I'm going to do is accuse anybody of anything. And there's, there's no way I'm accusing anybody unless I've got the goods on them. Unless I know what I saw. I've seen things before that I thought didn't really look right. But, you know, it, it definitely wasn't enough where I would go to court with it. I've seen things that have made me suspicious. I've heard people say things that maybe made me a little suspicious, but I'm not calling the cops over something like that. So we, you know, I've told the story here. We had the guy that came here one time that eventually, you know, did some pretty bad things, murdered his wife. And I remember, you know, my wife saw him wink at this, this other lady. And, you know, and I kept telling her, I don't think, you know, are you sure that's what happened? You know, and she was convinced, saw, you know, you know I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. But then, you know, after we found out his wife got killed, she immediately found him guilty for murder. Immediately. And now, and you know, and I remember some people's like, you know, you probably ought to call the police and tell them what you saw. And it's like, you know, you can't call the cops for something like that. That's not necessarily proof. You know, so, but again, I don't think most people are going to, you know, testify with something little like that. But at the same time, if we have laws like that, Nobody's going to say anything unless they do, unless they know what they saw. And it, this world would be so much better if we did some of these things the Bible says. But we don't have the stomach for it. What does it say in the very next verse? An eye for an eye and a tooth for... Or, an eye and I should not pity, but life shall go for life. Eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot. Uh, Jesus, Jesus did away with all that. And, you know, and I, don't want to get, I don't want to get into that. Obviously... I don't have to demand eye for an eye when it comes to things done against me. But you know what? As a society, we don't have any right to demand that you just lose your eye and nothing happened to the other guy. We have no right to do that as a society. I can do that for myself. You trespass against me. You go and you're being, you're being weird or being reckless and you go and you run your car into my car. 
I have the right to forgive you of that. But you know what? Our government, they don't have the right if I, to say, well, you know what? We would let most people press charges against them. But because you're a Christian and you're in the New Testament dispensation and we don't do this, you don't do this eye for an eye, you don't get to do it. No, our society doesn't have the right to do that. That's, that's not right. We don't get to do that. And let me tell you something, too. We've got a lot of preachers out there who are trying to restore perverts, trying to restore predators, and then they're like demanding their church be forgiving. It's like, well, well, hang on. You don't, we do not have the right. If, 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 if me as a pastor, I do something to violate somebody in this church. Okay? Understand, you as a church do not have the right to forgive me on their behalf. You don't have the right to do that. It's your responsibility out of love for them and out of an honor for them to deal with me and to turn my backside in, to throw me out of this church. That's, that's what you ought to do because you love and you care about them. And to just let it go is to dishonor them. It's to devalue them. It's, it's to put more value on me as a pastor and as the man of God over one of these little children for whom Christ died, who Jesus said it'd be better a millstone hanging around his neck and be cast into the sea. You don't have the right to do that kind of thing. You are, you'd be dishonoring the children or you'd be dishonoring one of the ladies in this church for you to do something like that. and for You'd be having respect of persons. And that is forbidden in the Bible. And so because we love all men, because we want to honor all men, we cannot tolerate evil. But unfortunately, many have fallen for the lie today that what God called an abomination is just no one else's business and that it's not evil. And folks, that's just not true. Okay? And listen, even if theoretically it's just what two consenting adults do in the privacy of their own home, folks, these people are out there parading themselves around, promoting their filth, promoting their abomination, demanding it, you know, their ways be taught in schools and things like that. That's not what they do. A lot of people thought that years ago. That was the attitude years ago. People finally just got to the point, like, you know what? Let's just leave them alone. They're not hurting anybody. But folks, was that enough? No. It, it, unfortunately, when they compromise in that one area of just saying, you know what, we can, even though we know it's wrong, we will allow it to take place because it's between two consenting adults. It's not hurting anybody. Because they compromise that little bit, look where we're at today. We've got sodomites in the government today and people demanding that we, they have more representation in our government. I think the only representative they ought to have is a lawyer when they're on trial, having the speedy trial by a jury of their peers. That, that's, that's the only representation they deserve. They don't deserve to be the representatives. That doesn't make any sense. And boy, we are, we are, we are dishonoring our country. We are, you're, you know, any district that elects one of them is dishonoring everyone who lives in that district. They're, they're dishonoring our entire nation. They're making decisions on behalf of our entire nation and, and for uh, any society, for any district, to put somebody like that in a position of power is just to spit in the face of every single American. This is not honoring all men being supportive of this kind of evil. This is people falling for a lie. And so not only, too, is what they do bad for society, it's bad for them. And we need to remember this new phenomenon, too, of people claiming to be gay. It's not a real thing. It doesn't, and understand too, because this is what we got to get a hold of. It doesn't make sense either 
when we just declare someone worthy of death for a statement that they made about themselves, especially considering many of these people are young people and are also victims of abuse. You know, if somebody grows up in a home of some sodomite or some home where, you know, their parents are dressing them up like other sexes and things like that, taking them to drag queen story hour, things, you know, these kids are going to be pretty goofed up in the head. Now, understand, you know, if, if the Lord does not intervene and save their souls, do something to get them out of that mess, eventually they will probably, they are more than likely going to become the evildoers that are doing harm to other people. But at the same time, too, just because they have been coerced into declaring themselves a gay or whatever at a young age, that's not necessarily you know, worthy of the death penalty or doesn't even necessarily make them a reprobate yet. So again, that's why you know, when it comes to taking the gospel to every creature, we're going to take the gospel to everybody. And there, there are, there's, there's probably some people out there who identify that way, that I, I believe God can save them. I don't believe they're a reprobate yet. But at the same time, though, anyone, even a young person who would identify that way, it would be irresponsible for us to let them come into our church anytime soon. We should definitely keep an eye on them. For example, it would be like if somebody told me, if somebody came and said, like, Pastor Tommy, I'm a strangler. Okay, now, obviously, somebody tells me they're a strangler. I'm going to assume they've strangled somebody before. Uh, it's like, okay, do I need to call the police? Now, thankfully, we still punish strangling. Okay? But at the same time, if they were like, but I've never strangled anyone before. But I am just orient, orientated that way. I really want to. I'm not going to do it, Pastor Tom, but I would really enjoy strangling you and just choking you until the life was gone from your body. But you never strangled anybody before. Okay, I guess it's okay for you to come to our church. You know, we wouldn't let somebody like that in the church. That doesn't make any sense. Okay, now, am, am, I, am I going to say these people are worthy of death? I mean, I guess they haven't killed anybody yet, but listen, they probably ought to get some help real quick before they do. I think it would be responsible for us as a society to keep an eye on them. You know, maybe we shouldn't let them have certain jobs. Maybe we definitely shouldn't let them be working in schools and you know, working around you know, places where people are vulnerable. It, it's irresponsible for us as a society, obviously we're not just going to go put somebody to death because like, I just, cause, I mean, let's just face it too. Have you ever wanted to strangle somebody before? I mean, we've probably all been there before. But most of us wouldn't go as far as saying, no, I want to do it so bad, it's just who I am. No, you know, I said, I, and you know, I'm not, I, I'm not, a, I'm definitely not a strangler. I've said it before. As much as I don't like cats, I, I couldn't even strangle a cat to death. I would feel bad. You know, it, it would break my heart. And I would feel bad. I can't imagine doing that to a human. So if somebody was just like, I really want to do that to another human, I'm like, I'm sorry, you need to move on. We had that one weird guy with the insane clown posse t-shirt that came here the one time that told me he never feels suicidal, but sometimes homicidal. And then he got mad. his mom got mad at me when I said he couldn't come to the church. It's like, what am I supposed to do? Wait till he actually commits the homicide? Before we kick him out of the church, the guy says he feels homicidal sometimes. And I just got a phone call from the other day, or not the other day, but you know, when back when all that was going on, he had just called me because he was going to court and got in a fight with the guard there. And they had to have the hospital come haul him off. Why would I let somebody like that come to church? Because the Bible says to honor all men. Isn't that disrespectful to everybody else to do that kind of thing? You know, and, and imagine how I would feel as a pastor... If he went 
and got homicidal one day and hurt somebody in this church. And I hadn't told all of you about that. Oh, and it's like, yeah, I mean, Pastor Tommy, this guy, he just lost it. He just went and killed one of the kids. Oh, man, you know, he told me he feels like doing that sometimes, but he'd never done it yet. You would be like, you know, especially if it was your kid or something, you would be like, what is wrong with you? And that's, again, that's why, too, you know, when you, these churches that let these predators come back in the church, how, how can you justify that? How, you know, and, and they do. They act like, no, we're supposed to love everybody. You're not loving everybody when you do that. You're literally putting your whole church in danger. And you know it's danger. I get it. Any of us are poten- you know, potentially capable of committing some kind of terrible sin and some kind of murder. But at the end of the day, you know, until somebody starts showing signs of it, I don't think we really need to worry about it. Because okay? it is. But when somebody is saying, this is who I am, I am, you know, when they're saying, I am a gay, and we know what that means, why on earth would we let them come here? That doesn't make any sense at all. And these churches that are demanding that we you know, give these people respect and treat them with dignity and stuff like that, they are disrespectful and dishonoring all men. Not us. So we should keep an eye on people like that. So what we teach and believe in and, what, and practice does not in any way violate the Great Commission. When Johnny Nixon said, you know, the Bible says every creature. Listen, he doesn't understand what he's talking about. Because let, let's take a little bit of time to put two and two together. Okay? So we all, we all know what Mark 16 says. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. But you know what the Bible also says in Mark? That's Mark 16. In Mark 10, 12, it says, And when you come into a house, salute it. And if the house be worthy, let your peace come upon it. And if it be not worthy, let your peace return to you. And whosoever shall not receive you nor hear your words when ye depart out of that house or city, shake off the dust of your feet. Verily I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. Now, after they shook the dust of their feet off against that city, were they supposed to go back later and try again? Of course not. So, you know, and, and it would be weird if, some, if we did that. If we were those, we were back then, we did that. We went to House City. They ran us off. We shake the dust of our feet. But then we've got Johnny Nixon. Bible says every creature. Well, we did take it to them. They shut us down. We don't have to keep going back. We don't have to keep messing with them. So understand that you know there are there's people out there that we are going to avoid, not because of their ethnicity, not because of how they were born. No, because they clearly have been reached. And they have rejected and they've said no. And we are not called to continue going back to them and to continue badgering them. Obviously, we've got to. It's the job of the church to take the gospel to every creature. Now, it's not my job personally to take the job to every creature. First off, that's impossible. I just need to make sure I do my part. So understand when I go to a house and they've got these signs up. It's like, we don't want to buy anything. We already have Jesus. You know, and they have all these things just making it clear. Don't come to my house. You know what? I'm not going to go to that house. Well, the Bible says every creature. Obviously, somebody's been there before, and that's why they put that sign up, and they don't want anybody there anymore. You know, it's okay for us to take a hint. It's okay. People are telling you, if they're, if they're doing things to let you know, hey, we've already heard from you. We don't want to hear from you again. We did our job. We fulfilled the Great Commission. 
And so understand, and I'm not going to go through it. I don't have time, but you all know it. In Romans 1, when it's talking about those given over to a reprobate mind, it's people who held the truth in unrighteousness. It's people who rejected the truth. It's people who decided that they hated God and they wanted to make God into whatever they wanted it to be. And so understand, when we have people who are true, bona fide, reprobates, sodomites, whatever you want to call them, these are people who have already rejected. These are people that the gospel has already gotten to and they shut it down. And so understand, we're not violating the Great Commission. You know what it's called? It's called taking a hint. It's called taking a hint. And so, you know, I'm aware, we need to be aware of these things. If somebody's being hostile to the gospel, or if somebody is in the process of committing a grievous sin, if I, you know, that's probably a bad example, but, you know, obviously I'm not going to go to some of these really bad places. You know, some of these joints out there where a lot of debauchery goes on, and I'm not going to try to preach in those places. Well, you know, the Bible says every creature. No, there is evil going on in these places. And, you know, as a pastor, if I got caught in one of those places, don't fall for the lie. I was just trying to preach the gospel to every creature. I was just trying to fulfill the Great Commission. No, these people are in the process of committing grievous sin. If I see a gang of guys, be, you know, gang stomping somebody, I'm not going to go over there and be like, well, you know, the Bible does say every creature, so I'm going to go and start preaching to them. No, I should probably intervene and try to help that guy and beat some of them up. Oh, that's not being very loving. Well, it's, it's being loving to the guy getting gang stomped. So understand, you know, this is just common sense. If somebody's in the process of committing a grievous sin, you know what we should do? We should intervene and stop them. Or we should at least just stay away from it. I'm not going to go to some city somewhere and when there's some street walkers out there at night, I'm not going to go approach them and try to give them the gospel. There is some wickedness going on. There's some major sin going on at that time. And we're supposed to stay away from that kind of thing. And so for somebody to say, well, hey, every creature, they're in the process of sinning. So again, some dude is in drag. That is an abomination. Somebody is out there flaunting their homosexuality. Listen, sometimes you just don't know. And if, and if I just don't know, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to give basic human respect, honor, love, and decency to people. And I'm, I'm going to be, you know what, we should be nice to everybody. We're not worried about whether or not they're a sodomite or whether they're a reprobate or something like that. We're going to be nice to everybody. But once they start doing evil, you know what, we shouldn't be nice to those doing evil. We should stand against those doing evil. And so if somebody is so stupid that they're dumb enough to wear a t-shirt that says i am a strangler i'm keeping my distance from that person i'm not going to be kind to them and you know what if somebody is stupid enough to wear a rainbow or something telling everyone i'm a sodomite i'm a pervert last thing i'm going to do is be nice to that person and give them any respect at all i'm not i'm not supporting that one bit You know, and here's the thing, too. I think it would be, even if you thought they were somebody that could get saved or somebody that we could reach, it would be a better testimony if you had originally been kind to these people, you had been loving towards these people like you are with everybody, and then when you found out they were a filthy animal, 
then all of a sudden it changed. Because then it's like, you know, these people, they don't hate me. They're hating what I do. They're hating what I stand for. And, that, and, and so the thing is, you know, that's why it's good to just be nice to everybody. And it is because we're not, we're not looking for people to hate. Now, I, I'm not looking for anybody to hate. I don't want to hate people. I don't enjoy hating people. But because I love people, as soon as somebody admits I am harmful to humanity, I'm going to stand against that person and out of love for people. And so uh, there are there. Uh, the, so this call for the inclusion of sodomites and the like to be witnessed to, it's an absolute disgrace. It's endangering the innocence in churches in the so-called biblical proof people are using to justify this foolishness is in reality causing people to violate many other things in the Bible. And this is this is nothing more to these churches that are going soft on this are just trying to look good and loving to a people who will always hate you unless you accept their wickedness. And think about think about all the compromises the Southern Baptists have made. And did you know the Sodomites hate them too? Did you know that, you know, think about the Catholics, all the compromises they're, ma- they're making. And you know what? The Sodomites hate them too because they don't have women priests. It's like you take a stand against these people at all and they hate your guts. Unless we are prepared to go full-blown United Methodist or uh, uh, Episcopalian or whatever, you know, some of these groups that are out there just fully embracing this rainbow stuff, they will always hate us. We might as well just do what the Bible says and not put up with any of that filth. And so our, our rejection of them is a stand against evil and we do it because we love and we honor all men. And you know what? I don't need to put a disclaimer on there. It, it should explain itself and, I, and us being asked to uh, be accepting towards sodomites would be to violate that passage. And so we will continue operating as we see fit. And we did got none of this stuff from the new IFB. We got it from the KJB. We got it from common sense and just putting two and two together. That's all there is to it. So with that, let's pray to your Lord. I thank you so much for your word and the clarity that gives us in this. And Lord, I pray you'll help us to be able to protect our uh, children uh, just from all the wickedness and filth that's being promoted in our world today. It's just becoming a very dangerous place uh, where you don't even want to let your kids out of your sight. And Lord, I pray that you'll uh, just do something to turn this country around in this area. I pray, Lord, that there will be an awakening as to what's going on with these people. And I pray that uh, there will either be a major change uh, nationally or we could at least see uh, some place we can flee to and uh, be safe from all this wickedness. In your name we pray. Amen.